I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. You like to move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. You like to move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. You like to move Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to I Like to Movie Movie. My name is Dan Scully, and this is the last time, unless something gets fucked up, that I will be coming at you as a singular host of this podcast. As we all know, for the last year, the release schedule has been a little bit wonky, as I've been trying to figure out what the the identity of the show is going to be, what the methodology of the show is going to be, but now... We are returning to a bi-weekly format, and also today we are going to be bringing in the new co-host of the show. Before we get started there, please like, subscribe, share with all of your friends, do whatever it is that you do, at Movie MovieCast, I almost said at Hot Property Pod on all things, but hey, follow that too, at Movie MovieCast on all things. So in a few minutes here, I'm gonna, in a few seconds here, I'm going to bring in the new co-host. We're going to be talking about Christopher Nolan's The Prestige and then we're going to be counting down our favorite Hugh Jackman performances. So, if everybody's ready, without further ado, this is it. This is the moment that Movie Movie changes for the better. This is the moment where a new identity is forged and a new path will be taken upon that looks wildly similar, if not identical, to our old path. But it's not about the path you walk, it's about who you walk it with. So... Man, I've had a lot of coffee. So bringing in the new co-host, the new better half of I Like to Movie Movie, welcome to the show, here now and always, Mr. Stephen Richards. Welcome. I've never had such an introduction in my entire life. I don't know if I can handle the pressure. There's no pressure. (laughs) Absolutely no pressure for the nearly I'm going to have to have a beverage while we do this. Let's crack a beverage to you, to me, to us. We are in person, by the way. We are in person, yeah. This is the this is the second only thing we've ever done in person together. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you. I I feel like uh you know I mean I've been here before. Oh yeah. A few times um, under different circumstances, but it's always good. I love what you've done with the place. Oh, I mean, it's yeah. your place. So it's really <laughs> a really nice thing. No, and you shouldn't feel any pressure because in the times leading up to this, it was nearly 10 years of two guys who were always stoned out of their minds talking about movies, so pressure's low. Yeah. And then a year of spotty me wondering what the fuck everything is, so pressure's low, man. Welcome. Thank you. Um, I'm glad to be here. I'm happy to uh, be a part of this now. Uh, we've We've done many a podcast. We've done 121 episodes of podcasts together. Damn. That's only, I mean, that's just hot property. We've also done a couple of super crappy fun times. Oh, shit. Yep. We have and, indeed. And uh, I think I've been on three episodes of Movie Movie before this. Yes. You know what you're doing. Yeah. You're a pro. I, let's, let's find out. I Let's mean, find out together. <laughs> we've seen a lot of movies together. Yeah. We watch true. a lot of movies together. This is actually... We end up talking about movies on Hot Property yeah. all the time. So and I this feel is guilty. Really Why? Because I always, I always, I always got a movie podcast, but I don't get to talk about movies with you until now. Until now. And we're still going to talk about movies yeah. on Hot Property because we're a couple of fucking slobs. I'm okay with that. So it is what it is. But here's the thing. One of the, the most exciting things about bringing you onto the show is that we actually have 
pretty wildly different tastes in movies. That is true. Um, we tend to fall in the same line when it comes to things like your John Wicks and your Mission Impossibles and your, your MCUs and all that. Yeah, all but the MCUs. Whereas I love horror movies and like deep cut weird artsy shit, this is going to be some new avenues I'm for you. scared. But we're going to have some fun. We're going to learn some stuff. But in order to give our listeners a little bit of background on who you are, let's go through some of your tastes. So I wonder if this is a tough question, and you don't necessarily have to answer with. I'm one just going to move this though because I don't want to stare at you behind an Iron yeah, Man. Yeah, we are looking yeah. through Iron Man. Iron like Man's a, heart here. Okay, but that is, is pretty better. cool though. This is much better. I like this dynamic. I think this I can qualifies look at you. you to be on the show though that you have an arc reactor that yeah. is glowing and sitting here, and yeah, we don't have to look past it anymore. All right, this is much better to me. Stephen, what's your favorite movie of all time? Yeah. You don't have to pick one. You can give me like a, a random few, but like I want to get a sense of your taste. I want to give the listeners a little bit of a sense of taste. Well, I believe that I, one of the movie movie episodes I was on that I forced you yes. to do was Ocean's Eleven. I knew that I, was going to be. Yeah. I, that is probably. I mean, if we're talking about if the measurement is what movie can you watch every day, and that's the only movie you get to watch ever. That's a good choice. Ocean's Eleven is probably going to be it for me. Do you feel good about the sequels? I like Twelve. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a huge 12 apologist, actually. The Same. laser scene is sick. Fuck you all. If you don't like the laser the, scene... The shift into, like, old French uh, spy movie kind of yeah. thing is real nice. And the thing is, like, you spent the first movie and a half kind of... What the fuck? Was that a gun? I hope not. Um, <laughs> Jesus. You spend the first movie and a half learning all about the long con, you know? Yeah, And, yeah. Like, and how to uh, manipulate people to, to thieve. But you never to actually... Thieve. You never actually see... Like the old school cat burglar style, you know, mm. and that's what the laser scene was to me. Yeah, Vince Castle rules. Yeah, he, he's awesome. He's the best. Wait, so you don't like Thirteen as much because it's fun. And, yeah, I mean, I think they that was all your favorites. They went are too bad far. Kind of yeah, they should have just stopped at twelve. They would have been cool. Uh, the thing with Thirteen, the is Thirteen, like, the, the fucking Julia Roberts bit is like that's so, in twelve. Oh, it is. Yeah, and that's oh, like shit. my favorite part about twelve. That's bold. It is. Bold, it's stupid. Yeah. It's bold. It is stupid. 13, though, the one thing I like about 13 is it does have, they send uh, Casey Affleck and Scott Kahn down to the dice factory to build loaded dice, and they end up leading a workers' revolution yeah. that they have to go quell, which I always like that, but like it also does feel like, like 13 is the one where you go, they're really going to spend $50 million to steal a million, aren't they? Like, yeah. It feels like one of those, yeah. Well, it's all about revenge. Yeah, yeah. And um, also Harry Potter's in that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Al Pacino. And Al Pacino. Hey. Ah. Hey. Hoo-ah. Ah. How do you feel about Ocean's 8? Didn't see it. Uh, it's all right. It's Because it's got women. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say this, though. I, I didn't love it, but I mean, I love Kate Blanchett, and she's just crazy hot in it. Yeah. But uh, Helena Bonham Carter and Mindy Kaling are paired up throughout that movie, and they make an uncommonly strong comic duo. I mean, I'm not... It's, it's It wasn't one of those things where I was like opposed to it, but I just never found the time... To get around to it, it's on my list. You know? yeah. I want to see it. But. It's enjoyable. It's whatever. And also the the reviews and like the the word of mouth wasn't great, so that kind of turned me off to it. Also, like, the, the, well, here's a good insight to my taste: is that if something gets overhyped for me or relatively underhyped for me, I'll probably pass just because you know I trust the opinions of the people around me and the people that I read on the internet to to steer me in the right direction. It's only so much time of the day. 
Exactly, and I want to spend that time watching The Office for the yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mindy Kaling. Uh, oh, Roku City. I love those memes that are like, I smoked too much pot, now I'm in Roku City. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, I mean, it's not quite time for football yet. It is. We're getting there. We're getting yeah, there. We're getting there. So, would Steven Soderbergh then be one of your favorite directors, or are you not well-versed in, in his filmography? Uh, yeah. I, Traffic was great. Traffic's great. Um, you seen uh, Out of Sight? Out of sight's awesome. That's like that might be my favorite Soderbergh. Uh, List some more because I am blanking at the moment. Oh, uh, Magic Mike. Magic Mike was good. Decent. Uh, yeah. One of my favorites. I'm not afraid to say I'm turned on by Channing Tatum. I think yeah. you'd be inhuman to not be. Yeah. Magic Mike Two is not him, but Joe Manganiello. Joe Manganiello. That guy's got thirty yeah. six pack abs. It's unbelievable. I'm actually there's I'm, I have IMDb up for a later bit right now, and there's a an article that just says. The most handsome men. It's a user list, and the thumbnail is Nikolaj Coster Waldau. Oh, good he's handsome guy. as hell too. Good looking guy. Yeah. He's like classic. He's got that chiseled jaw and like hmm. the Swedes, yeah. man. He, the the Swedes. Swedes, man. Their jeans are all, all of the fucking uh, the, the scars guards. Scars guards, dude. I was watching except maybe Bill in preparation for it. <laughs> yeah, he's but but in his own way, he makes it work. Yeah. Um, the uh, I watched Insomnia in prep for this because yeah. it was like the one Nolan movie that I haven't seen in forever. But I watched the original Insomnia that stars Stellan Skarsgård as a younger man in 1997, and it's wild because you can really see where, like he he looks like a Skarsgård because he's a younger man there. It's it's wild. Apparently, Stellan Skarsgård absolutely. I haven't seen Andor yet, but apparently he steals the show in Andor. I mean, he's the best. He's great. He's absolutely legit, and he does not look like a Skarsgård. No. He's not as handsome. But he's handsome in his own way. When he's younger, in 1997, yeah. he has that Skarsgård. Okay. He's not quite the Northman, because he's not all fucking roided up, but yeah. he's you see it, and you go, oh, I don't see what's going on. Yeah. I don't see these jeans. Much like a young Michael Caine. A young Michael Caine. Because I was, when I, and we'll get to our watch here, but I, I noticed a few times where, like, Michael Caine has that, like, very cordial grandpa smile. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, when he was a younger dude, he prob- that probably, like, got the panties dropped. Oh, That's for sure. Tomorrow. For sure. Yeah. Sure. So, well, I'm trying to think of what was the one? Contagion? Did you see Contagion? Contagion? Contagion. That's that's a favorite, Soderbergh. I didn't watch. I almost watched it during the pandemic. Just uh, to, just to um, you know further di- dive into darkness there, but I did not. Um, I haven't seen that one. No, I haven't seen that one. That I, heard one was, I heard it was terrifying. Or like a one-two that's real. I would oh, like yeah. to see Contagion now post- Having survived, doesn't you know, it play career. in reverse? Uh, I don't remember. I just I I remember there was this one shot in Contagion where it's like someone's hand on the pole inside like a public transportation, like a subway, and then the hand leaves and the doors open and the camera just lingers on that pole for like a solid ten count, and you're like, "Fuck!" Soderbergh does love the linger shot. Yeah, um, he he. It's definitely definitely apparent in the Ocean series as well. Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah like when they're like oh. You fucking forgot about the dice, didn't you? Well, and that's good for movies. That that's are like why the process camera's movies, here, yeah. and he's real good at process movies because of that shot or the and slow because zoom, of like a, a solid edit. Yeah. Oh yeah, he loves the he slow loves the presidential slow zoom. zoom. Yeah. yeah. Very good stuff. Logan Lucky. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, that's yeah. another Soderbergh. Daniel Craig tries out the Southern accent for yeah. the first time. <laughs> demands the new Game of Thrones books for the jail. Yeah. That's that's like. Exquisite comedy. I gotta say, the the first Knives Out, the southern accent on Dana Craig was jarring. Yeah. Glass Onion, though? Fucking it. Love works. It works. Yeah. Fucking love it. He, like, lives into it. Yeah. 
We were doing um. Oh, now I can't do the accent over New Year's. I'm not gonna. Was I was game, gonna try. I was. We were gonna talking, try. and then it would be like, now say that again as Benoit Blanc. Yeah. And then you'd have to do the, the Foghorn Leghorn kind of. See, I can't do it right now. It's like the I'll last is pouring out your mouth. Yeah, yeah I can't. I'm yeah. so bad at it. <laughs> I can hit you with the thick Scottish accent, but I can't do that. I'm regular Mike Myers. So, can you name some of your favorite directors? Uh, well, no one's up there. No, sure. okay, right yeah, on. Soderbergh. Um, fucking. I sh- probably should have come prepared. No, I mean, knowing I, I that this was these questions, I should have actually given you a list of questions. knowing that I was going to be on a movie movie podcast yeah. um, for the indefinite future. I probably should have came prepared. What's another favorite movie? And we'll we'll extrapolate from there. Ah, uh, fuck. I mean, honestly, all I can think about is the Prestige right now. Oh, well, so okay, then we'll just go that way. Why did you pick the Prestige? I, as as, as we talk, movie? as we talk about the Prestige, I will things will. Come yeah. up, and I will sidetrack the conversation. It's all good. We'll get in there um, a little. We'll get we'll get loose. No sidetrack is what this is all about. Um, like I just noticed how cool the light in this room is. The like paper looking thing oh, yeah. up the top, very cool. I didn't turn it on because it's too harsh. Yeah, like, I like the good. lamp. We're good. I love lamp. Um, the, the reason the reason that I chose the prestige, and this is full honesty, is that um, when you we wanted were, to do Michael Caine. No, when we were talking about. Uh, doing this, and I was like, "All right, what's what's the first movie going to be?" Uh, and I was like, just mindlessly scrolling Instagram, and a scene came up on the reels, and I was like, "Oh, that's a fucking good movie." That's a damn and that's good I movie. texted you literally without even closing Instagram. I just did it from my computer so I could finish the scene. I'm glad it worked. I was out like, "How about the Prestige?" It's been so long since I've seen this movie. I think the last time I saw it was in theaters. Oh wow! So I saw it in theaters, and then I saw it on like. This is going to sound weird. I saw it on a, uh, like, I went to this girl's house back in the day, and it was a girl. She had to close your ears. Yeah, she was, she was, no, this is, I think I've actually told her this story. It was, um, I was not interested, but I was down to hang, Mm. and I told myself, just be good, don't, but she was very interested and very persistent, And then the booze started flowing, and then it got to the point where, like, things started happening, and then, like, my clarity kicked in, and I was just like, hey, listen, I gotta go. And that was, like, the last time we spoke, because I knew <laughs> I knew that it was a bad idea to, yeah. to do this, and I, so I bounced. And I you think pulled a real transported man. I really did. I, I transported my ass out of there fast. And it's a shame, because she was very sweet, but it was just, I was not, I was not feeling that... And uh, so that was the, I think, the second time I watched The Prestige, and I've maybe seen it in pieces since then. It's one of those movies that have just kind of is always yeah. around. It's a good one. It's um, a damn good one. It, and I was surprised in this viewing just how I forgot how dark it was. Yeah, there's a lot of very very bleak things going on. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's all about you know the the incurable obsession. The obsession is really what stood out yeah. this time. And they do kind of hit on that a couple times where they're like, obsession's a young man's. Like, a couple different people unrelated yeah. mention that obsession is a young young man's game. I love that exchange where David Bowie is like, yeah. you know, obsession is R. a R. young P., man's game. R.I.P. And uh, he's like, well, if you know obsession, then you know that I'm not going to stop. I'm fucking Hugh Jackman. I actually, I wrote down a line. I think it was from him. But I made sure to make note. No, I did not write that. It's all good. I wrote down a couple notes, too. I did write down the one uh, Christian Bale line where he says, the secret impresses no one. The trick you use it for, that's everything. It's true. I mean, that's one of the, and that the is, hard that's the underlying of magic yeah. is precisely that. 
The two rules are never reveal the secret to the trick and never perform the same trick back to back in front of the same audience. Once you tell them, you're useless to them. So okay, so I agree with that to a to a degree. Because I think that they are right that once you reveal how you did it, the magic is lost. But do you remember back in the day they did that show with the masked magician who told you how some classic tricks were done? Do you remember that? It was on like it was like Fox. Prime no, Time. I watched the Masked Singer. Is that okay. the same thing? It's very different. Okay. And so what it was was apparently a. Famous... It was Rudolph Giuliani the whole time. <laughs> oh, remember when they when they all walked out on Rudy Giuliani? Yeah, that was, it was awesome. Like, oh man, when Ken Jong walked Ken out, Jong had you, no. You fucked up. He had no want to be there. That guy will literally do anything, yeah. <laughs> and he walked out on Rudy Giuliani. But I, I can't blame him. So the masked magician was this thing where a, a magician who was apparently famous hid his identity behind a mask and then it was an hour-long show where he just revealed the secrets to some like big tricks you know your classics like sawing a woman in half or like shooting an arrow into somebody or whatever and i loved it as a kid because i loved magic as a kid it was one of my favorite things and they did a couple you know a couple different editions of it and then finally like the fourth or fifth time they were like he's gonna reveal his identity and then he does, and it's a magician I've never heard of. <laughs> but why it's so big that he reveals his identity. Oh my god, it's Magic Johnson. Yeah, like, <laughs> Honestly, that would have been more... Because I forget what it was. They're like, his name's the Amazing Angelo. So yeah. like that. I was like, I have no fucking clue who this guy is. I've never it's seen him. Up, yeah. Just, now that would have been mind-blowing. Cause, well, actually it wouldn't have because I didn't know it. This is all pre-9-11, yeah. <laughs> so I had no fucking clue who he was. But what was... He, he made a case for why he did this. Because... The reason why he kept his identity secret was you get excommunicated from... Yeah. You know, I don't know if you read the new Poof, but it you get excommunicated for such yeah. things from the magic world. Gothic also. Yeah, and so... Um, but he revealed it, and he said in like a monologue at the end, and it always stuck with me, he said, when I was a little kid who was into magic, I was always blown away by the magic of it. And even knowing that it wasn't real, that... That you know the illusion that it is something otherworldly was you know was amazing. But he said it wasn't until I learned my first trick and was able to wield the magic that the magic truly became real to me. Yeah. And that might not be that might be something that is individual to me as someone who's a magician. But I don't think that it's fair to say that revealing the secret ends the magic. And that always stuck with me. I think he makes a valid point. How do you feel about that? Um, I don't know. I've tried to learn magic, and yeah. I haven't been able to do so. Can you do any tricks? No. Ah, I can do a couple. No. The best trick I know how to do is the, is the disappearing hand. Yeah. <laughs> Where I will just walk out on you. Yeah. I've ghost, done that ghost the fuck out of you. I do the new Irishman, Irish goodbye. The new Irish goodbye. <laughs> the original Irish goodbye. Um... No, I mean, I've tried, I can do, I used to be able to do the, the coin thing, mm. you know? Like, yeah, where you palm the coin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that, but I, yeah, I always wanted to learn how to do the the card, you know? The, I can the, teach you that. Really? Yeah, I can show you that. Is it behind the, the I mean, here's the I don't thing, know if I, I have If I tell you, it's going to ruin the magic. Yeah. But, well, okay, so then here's the thing. If I taught you how to do the card catch like that, would it feel more magical to you as someone who wants to do it? No. 
So you don't have you don't. But think I want to impress. I want to be liked, and okay. I want to impress. People. You are well liked. <laughs> Here's the thing: we're men in our thirties. I don't think pulling out a simple card trick is going to be that impressive anymore. I think that yeah, ship has sailed right. to people who aren't career magicians. But I can show you that trick. That's why I don't know how to play the guitar, the guitar either. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, you just get Wonderwall. Get yourself a capo. It's learn useless. Wonderwall. Learn it's a guy. useless talent at this point. That's why I switched to drums. No melodies. Just bop, yeah. bop, 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 doing that. But yeah, that always that was one of those things that up, up, up. I've always know. felt like I, I understand why the magical community has to has to just be firm about you never reveal a trick. But I also I, I do think that there is some truth to what that guy was saying that like once he was able to wield magic it made it that much more magical, which I think ties what he's saying a little bit into one of the themes of Hugh Jackman uh, Angier. His obsession at the end of the movie, and we will be spoiling this. Sorry, it's like twenty years old now. Uh, he does talk about one of the reasons he really did it. Now, this can be argued. Uh, you know, one of the reasons he did it, he said, is because of the look on their faces. Yeah. And so, that is him wanting to wield that magic because that's what the magic is for him. Now, the discussion can be how much of that is tied into his ego, and I think the movie posits quite a lot yeah. is tied into his ego, but. I do think he has that sense of, like, I want to know the secret because that is where the magic lies to me. Or am I giving him too much credit of innocence? Uh, I think he's way too much credit of innocence. Yeah. I think he really wanted to fucking be the best. And he was... wanted the glory of being the best. Yeah. I don't but think I mean, he that's, wanted to be the best. Is... I don't see how those things are... I think that's at the, at the heart of his difference between him and... Because, like, he was the showman. He wanted the glory. Whereas Christian Bale... He, he didn't have the showmanship. He just wanted to be the best. How the fuck did he do that magician? I I think I disagree. Okay, I think, they, so. I think they both wanted the same thing. They just wanted to be better than the other person. I think it devolves and, into and that. And I think that uh, Angier, played by Hugh Jackman, uh, Angier used his showmanship as part of his toolbox yeah. in which to do so, to, to be the best. But he didn't have the raw natural ability of being a magician that um, Christian Bale commits to the bit. Yeah. Yeah. Christian Bale had the, he literally committed to the bit because he sacrificed his and his brother's life to and fingers and fingers to, to for the craft of magic. Whereas um, Hugh Jackman's character really just wanted to be the greatest showman. Yeah, <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. I see what you did. By the way, yeah, uh, 2006, so 12, uh, 16 years old. Damn, that's so crazy. Yeah, that's so crazy. I, I, my bones cracked just saying that. Sentence. Yeah, that is that is wild. And this was like when we were just getting to know what a Christopher Nolan is, and and what Hugh Jackman was. Yeah, that's true he too. I mean, he really only had Wolverine, Wolverine and, Swordfish. and the Fountain and Set and Swordfish. Oh, oh, and uh, who can forget Kate and Leopold? I mean, Kate and Leopold. Yeah. Although, Kate and Leopold, that is James Mangold, directed that, who ultimately went on to do the latter to uh, Wolverine, uh, the one where he goes to Japan, like The Wolverine, and then uh, Logan. Oh, and yeah. is also doing the next Indiana Jones movie. Well, and Ford v. Ferrari, so he is tied to Christian Ford Bale, Ford v. Too. Ferrari is pretty kick-ass. That's a kick-ass movie. Not as, not as kick-ass, it's kick-ass. Not as kick-ass. We're not here to talk about kick-ass. No. We're here to talk about the prestige. Kick-ass, Aaron Taylor Johnson. ATJ. Could be the next Bond. ATJ James Bond. I mean, I'm into it. I'm into it. I'm into that cast. I'm still, I'm still pulling for Idris, but it seems like that ship has set. I think they want to go young. Yeah. 
And he's, uh, as much as I think he'd be damn good at it, uh, I, I do agree that he's probably a little too old if you want to keep this guy on for, especially after Daniel Craig, who did, what, five movies? You want to yeah. keep the guy around for a little bit. Plus, so. um, unfortunately, because of uh, the way things are, Idris wants out tickets to the Midwest, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. You know, he would actually be the <coughs> second Black Bond. The really? first Black Bond is... Um, Oh no, I'm gonna Michael forget Michael Clark Duncan. Oh man, can you imagine? <laughs> RP. Uh, no, what's his name? David Oyelowo voiced Bond oh, yeah. in an audio version. Yeah, I did. And I did that's that a great choice. He's got that that kind of voice. Um, Jeffrey Wright would make a good James Bond if he wasn't already the. Oh, he's already. Um, James Bond. Oh, what is that character's name? Jeffrey Wright. No, no, because he. I went through all the Bonds last year, and he he. Uh, Felix Leiter. Yeah, and yeah, Felix yeah. Leiter is never the same guy twice, and he never looks even remotely similar throughout the whole... So every time people are like, I don't know if Bond looks like that. It's like, bro, just yeah. fucking, like, anything can be. Well, he played, played him He played him twice in uh, the Daniel Craig stint. That's what I mean. That's the only time. Like, Jeffrey... I, maybe one guy did it, like, once or twice, but never more than that, and he's always wildly different. My, My favorite... favorite speaking of... Actors who, actors who, in our bit, are playing themselves. Yeah. My favorite bit that we did while watching this film was anytime someone was surprised. Yeah. Anytime someone was surprised that somebody else came into in, came into the scene, we'd be like, "Oh my god, it's Christian Bale." <laughs> See, that's why I like the Julia Roberts gag yeah. in Ocean's Twelve, is because like Jim Gaffigan has a great joke where he was talking about Monsters Ball. He's like, you know, this woman's on hard times. He's like, but you're watching her. And he's like, you could be like, listen, lady, you get a couple pictures together, get a modeling thing going, you could be the next Halle Berry. <laughs> and it's like, you know what? He makes a valid point. Yeah. And so I do love that they, throughout that whole movie, they tease like, you know, she kind of looked, don't say it. She hates it. Don't yeah. say it. And then finally they pull that and Bruce Willis comes in. <laughs> um, anyway, the stage. Oh, holy shit. It's Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Man, What's with a, that? Man, that British accent was really bad. She she settles into it after a while because oh, man, I think that I couldn't it, stop. It's rough, but I think her performance is pretty good regardless. It's good, but oh man, I can't get over it. It's weird. I can't get over the accent. Now, is that a bad accent, or is it just a bias that we carry, knowing that she doesn't? You know, doesn't I I tried to figure that out as I was watching it, but um, yeah, I don't know where I stand on that either. I, man, and you know what? If you have to ask, you already know the answer. Now, I will say that Michael Caine's Cockney accent is on point. It's almost as if he's been practicing that his whole life. You know, so I watched, <laughs> I watched Inception last night to get get into the Nolan verse. Uh, I forgot Michael Caine's really only in that movie for like 35 seconds. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But he's like, he's like third build. <laughs> but he even shows up in Tenet for like two seconds and he's yeah. just old as dirt. And he and plays the same character he played in Inception. Yeah. He's a professor who explains a little bit of what's going on, but not the whole thing. I mean, if you need someone to exposit and you don't have yeah. Morgan Freeman or you need him to be, like, more English... I mean, he's... Michael Caine is how I learned to love Christmas. Yeah. The Muppets Christmas character. He, he, he exposed that to me. That's, like, the best version of yeah. that story. I watched Scrooged over over Christmas. It it's pretty... It's a good movie, but the whole and time I, I was watching it, I was like, you know what? Here's a weird thing that happened watching Scrooged. I was watching it, and the whole time I thought, this is a good movie. But Bill Murray is woefully miscast. Yeah. He's not the right role for that. It's honestly a Jim Carrey movie, but it just was existed in a different time. Um, but alas, what are you going to do? And then Jim Carrey gave us two pretty uh, disappointing Christmas movies. I, I hate The Grinch. I, I think that movie's like vomitous. I, I can't deal with it. And then his own version of The Muppet Christmas Carol. I was going to say. 
his oh, own version man. of the Muppet Christmas Carol that doesn't have any Muppets. Yeah, which is your first mistake. Yeah. You're making a wrong movie. If you avoid <laughs> having Muppets, you've, you've done fucked up. And he went into like the Polar Express Uncanny Valley, which... Um, I forgot that even existed. Yeah. That was... That and the Polar Express are just like... They make me uncomfortable looking at them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's weird. I mean, that that's kind of how I feel about the, the Grinch, too. So yeah. another thing. I so anyway, about up, the prestige. Well, so about the prestige, about the whole revealing of the trick. Uh, you're familiar with Penn and Teller, of course. Yeah, yeah. So their whole methodology of magic is they tell you straight up, this isn't magical. This because like okay, so in the prestige they talk a lot about how, you know, people, you know, the greatest tool a magician has is the fact that the audience wants to be fooled. Yeah. You know, we we sit there and tell ourselves we want to try and figure it out, but. We want to know that we want to just for a second trick ourselves into believing that actual magic works as opposed to Surprise a press yeah. yeah, that's like that's the whole thing. Penn and Teller do this great thing where they say, We are tricking you. This is deceit, but you're never going to figure it out. Yeah. And I love that angle. I think that's kind of cool. I think that's a, a more contemporary angle to magic. So much so that when you have like someone being like, you know, I have powers, zazz, it's like, all right, I'm going to roll my eyes at you. It's fucking stupid. Yeah. I, I dig that their whole thing is just like, this is totally, we're tricking you. Deal. When I was working for my last company, uh, we had an excursion out on a boat, and they hired a magician. And I swear to God, half of my co-workers really believe this guy knew how to do magic and i'm like you guys understand that magic is real right yeah. this is all just a fucking ruse and oh they, they also think he was also like a psychic or something i don't know yeah of course yeah well, that's um, he ended up guessing uh like my boss's iphone passcode whoa and i'm like he's good but it's, that's all social engineering yeah he just 100%. asked yeah um and so they are thinking of a number it's one, two, two three, three, four, five, six. Six, six, six. You said yes. Um, he did. He did do this one trick though that impressed me only because of the technological technological feat that it was. But I knew exactly how it was done. Okay. Um, he he had somebody uh, at the table roll a die, and and I don't know what number it was, like a three or something. And then he said, he said, now I can see this, and I know it's a three. But my assistant, and he brings out his phone, he calls somebody on the phone. And he's like, hey, uh, Linda, can you tell me, uh, I'm sitting here with blah, 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 he did the whole showmanship thing, and blah, 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 you know, all this stuff. And then he says, can you tell me what our friend Kim here just rolled on the dice? And she's like, um, let me contact the powers of the dead or something like whatever. Yeah, yeah, He's like, oh, it's a three. And there, everyone at the table is fucking flabbergasted. And, and he walks away after the trick, and I'm like, you guys are fucking rubes. Do you know and, how he did it? Yeah, it was Bluetooth. No, it's not No, it's not a Bluetooth. It's, it's got to be something. It's got to be something. No, did you ever see Nightmare Alley? No. So Nightmare Alley, uh, Bradley Cooper plays... I tried to watch it with my friend Allison, it's and great. I said, man, this is real Nightmare Alley. It's... You son of a bitch. <laughs> I see what you did there. But actually, so... Uh, the way that you did that little wordplay, that's exactly what's happening. In Nightmare Alley, the whole thing is he has an assistant in the crowd, goes in and says, okay, I'm, uh, I'm looking at a... And you know, he has a blindfold on. And they say, okay, in this person's pockets, you know, tell me what they have. And so based on her cues is how they know. So when he called his assistant, if he says, 
what number did they roll? That means one. If he says, can you tell me what number was rolled? That means two. If he says, a number was rolled, guess it. That's three. And that's the way that they do it. I'm saying, I'm saying Bluetooth would be a lot easier. Bluetooth would be easier, but I mean, this is a classic way to get around the technology. Is it? It's down to what he feeds them. It's always what the magician feeds to them. See, if I was if I was a modern day magician, and we're talking about magicians, meaning like this is all, and like they prove this in the prestige, it's all just engineering. Yeah, it's a feat of engineering made to trick you. Mm. If I'm in today's day and age, you have so much at your fingertips technologically that you could very easily do a bunch of cool shit, and people just don't really understand tech that well. Mm. And like you said, they're there to be dazzled anyway. Yeah, so they're, they're already, already in the mode. Of, there, yeah. Like remember the the first like hologram of Michael Jackson was dancing around. Yeah, yeah. It was like, whoa, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, now we're just how did they do that? <laughs> Something with lasers and computers, man. Yeah, but like it's the same kind of like you know how they do that. You yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, what what's the how do you do that? That's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the what they call the, the people. But that's that's a good term because that is what we are. You know, yeah. when you get the dickhead who's like, "I'm gonna crack every trick," it's like, "Why are you even here, bro?" I was that person on the boat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't go to a magic show. A magic show came to you, so that's a yeah. little bit different. My oh, and fucking. So I know you don't really watch The Office, but there's a really great scene. Um, here's a big sidetrack. So multiverse. We're sidetracking. We talked about. Julia Roberts. <laughs> She's nowhere near this fucking movie. In Multiverse of Madness, where um, uh, Jim Halpert is yelling at Stephen Strange, <laughs> there's a really good edit online where they have that scene as, like the biggest threat to the multiverse is Stephen Strange. And they cut to James Spader at the office asking, saying, why is Jim treating the magician so poorly? <laughs> <laughs> and he's, uh, he's uh, what's his name? Ultron. Ultron, yeah, yeah. I couldn't think of it. I was like, Fan. I almost said He might be coming back, too. All right, let's talk about the prestige. I mean, we can... We can, we can uh, I, somebody uh, posted a fake screenshot from... Uh, uh, what's it? Uh, Kang Dynasty or whatever it is. And, um, Donkey Kang? Yeah, and it was just a picture that was clearly like clip arts of everything, including just like a very old photo of Wolverine. And it has Iron Man, and he's just like, Wolverine! I need you to help stop Kang. <laughs> it's just like written in subtitles at the bottom. And people are like, I can't believe this oh leaked. It's like, I can believe that someone made it on their computer. I am glad that he's coming back for Deadpool 3, though. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, it, it's one of those things where everyone's like, oh, nobody stays dead and all that. Nothing's sacred anymore. I don't give a shit. You want to put your Star Trek and your Star Wars, your Star Wars, and your, I just don't care. It's all fucking fine by me. Hi, baby. Wolverine, I need your help to stop Kang. <laughs> Wolverine, help us stop Kang. <laughs> I need you to hit Kang with your claws. <laughs> but um, I'd stab him. Yeah, yeah wrap him, him on the face, face with your claws. Well, it makes it Kang. Kang. <laughs> That's where he gets his name. Yeah. What is it called? The Kang Wars. Uh, what are they? What are they? Kang Dynasty. Kang Dynasty. That sounds like and a historical secret thing. Wars. Secret Wars. That's but what we're I'm not up. Yeah. Don't tell the secret, because then the Don't magic's gone. Don't tell Kang. The babysitter's dead. The uh, oh, Where would you put prestige in your ranking of Nolan films? Uh, I'll come straight out. I think it's my favorite of his. Uh, my favorite's Inception, for sure. Probably yeah. second or third. The Dark Knight's pretty fucking good. Dark Knight's good. Here's the thing, though. It's, like, probably, it's probably third beyond the Dark Knight. I think that, for me, I love the Dark Knight. And it's probably, if we are to bring objectivity into it, which I don't think we should, it probably is the best of his Batmans. 
But my favorite is Batman Begins. So, so I'm here's something. This no one is the only one who gets this pass for me. And okay. I, I always think that anything uh, that's part of the series should be viewed as a whole. That's why I'm currently not happy with the MCU. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, However, no one does get a pass because Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and The Dark Knight Rises. I was at Batman Ends. I couldn't think of the name. I mean, um, The Dark Knight Rises. They're all they and the the scenery helps with this a lot. They're very separate movies. Oh yeah, because in Batman Begins you have like a kind of a futuristic setting, and in The Dark Knight you have Chicago, and The Dark Knight Rises is Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. And it's like so the obviously Steelers all getting killed. Yeah, um, it's so obviously uh, different that I don't see them as the same films. Yeah. Plus, you have the whole you know unfortunate Heath Ledger situation, and so, but the Dark Knight in a vacuum still is a great Batman movie, and you don't have to see the first one or the third one to to get kind of get closer. I think that's the mark of a good sequel. Yeah. Is like. Like, that's one of the reasons why I love Temple of Doom, is because, like, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark, we have to establish who Indy is. Uh, Last Crusade, you know, back when it was just a trilogy, you gotta bring it close to the story. But that middle one, that Empire Strikes Back, it's just like, everything's set up, let's just have an adventure. Yeah. And I think that Dark Knight does that. Where I think that Nolan shines to me, though, is I don't think he's a particularly dynamic action director. I think a lot of times, and you see it a lot, in all, especially in the fisticuffs area of yeah. the Batman movies... Is it's just kind of like ham-fisted the way that he shoots the choreography Tenet and stuff. Tenet too, and like Tenet, I think is a market improvement. Uh, but at the same time, like where Nolan, I think is the best to me is in composition, and I think that that really shines in the Prestige. Yeah, it does. It's it's a mo- it's a gorgeous movie, and his adherence to I want to shoot on film and I want to shoot with actual sets as opposed to blue screens, and he still does that to this day. I. I he just, he just blew up an atomic bomb for Oppenheimer. Yeah, and the thing is, though, apparently whatever he did was completely done in camera. They might have sweetened it after the fact with some digital stuff, but he found some in-camera way. Uh, and I can't wait to see what and it you, is. You brought up, speaking of composition, you brought up multiple times during our viewing is that at the, like they're shoving the ending right in our face the entire time. The whole time. And that's, that is the mark of genius, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. It, and like, it's the kind of thing that, like, the second time you watch it, you go, how did I not guess? Yeah. Because it's just so fucking obvious. I will disagree with one thing that you said when we were watching, and that was the, the makeup job on whoever's not being... Uh, oh, uh, Fallon. Whoever's not... Yeah, whoever's being Fallon at that time. Uh, the makeup job, this particular viewing, I was like, this is not very good. But only because you know to look for it, I think. Yeah, that's true. Because that's the kind of thing, like, that character... Because even, even the first time you watch it, if you go is that Christian Bale? It still doesn't give away the how. Yeah. It only gives away the the device through which you know, through which he does it. And I think that's impressive. And I remember but the first again, time watching it. Thing, like, magicians, it's, it's the misdirect. Yeah, it's not that they're necessarily hiding something from you. It's that they draw your eye to the other thing so that you don't even look yeah. at where the actual coin is hidden, where the little card is hidden. And so here, like, that character... Or that your watch is being stolen. Yeah, that your watch is being stolen. <laughs> and, like, the character of Fallon, it's not until the end of the movie that we ever really see him as the focal point of any shot. Yeah. And the trick to me is not necessarily obscuring him, 
but obscuring the fact that you're never focusing on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's it's never there's never a point where you go, why do they never show this guy's face? It it doesn't register because the, and like that's a that's a tremendous trick, I think. Yeah. Especially if you like you know are the type of person that wants you're the guy who wants to figure out the trick. You know. Yeah. I remember the first time I saw it, I I notably thought to myself, who is that actor? Yeah. 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 Just some guy. Although it is. It turns out it's Christian Bale, isn't it? It's Christian Bale, isn't it? It's well good. You also brought up something that I made me laugh when, and this goes to the point we talked about earlier about how Hugh Jackman's character, like showmanship, was really his only tool. Yeah. And when Christian Bale's character is doing the ring trick on stage, and you, you said you said out loud, he's like doing with this the enthusiasm that he danced in movies. And I, I was like, you know, you're not wrong, but I think that's the point. That is the point, yeah, yeah is that he has no, you know, all he can think is he I bounce the ball be doing, the guy picks up the ball. He doesn't want to be doing these out-of-the-book tricks because he wants to make his own mark on, yeah. on the, the craft of being a magician. He almost seems as if he's ashamed of the showmanship. Yeah. It isn't until he does the big prank where he hangs... Uh, uh, Angier's double, the that big dance awesome. double. That's so good. But even that, like, that's the only time that he has grand showmanship. You know, I'm at the Palladium across the way or whatever it's and called. And the reason that he's so good at it in that moment is because that's his revenge. Yeah, yeah. It's less about, yeah, it's less about actually selling his show and more about, you know, making him look like a bitch. And I like how, like, obviously the inciting incident is that he ties the knot that ends up killing Hugh Jackman's wife, mm. played by. Piper Parabo, yep. which I was very excited. That you I called that name him. out. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. I couldn't figure it out. I am DB. Um, <laughs> but the, that was the inciting incident. And every time that uh, Hugh Jackman asks his character, "Which not to do tie?" and he says, "I don't know," he's being truthful. Yeah, because he that wasn't him. That wasn't him. It was the other guy. And that is such a smart misdirect in the script because it does seem like it's one of those things of I was in the heat of the moment, I forget what I did, and it is what it is. Yeah. You know, and that's like. That's a really smart script moment. You also said something, too, which I thought was funny, but also another genius storytelling device, is you said, I like how half this movie is just them reading each other's diaries. Yeah. And the fact that they both planted diaries for the other to find, and then it essentially was a letter to them, and they had to waste all the entire time reading it, is just... It's the, brilliant. The, the next level of mindfuckery that just shows how obsessed these two are. Oh, it's thematically smart. They're obsessed with each other, and they have the ego. I believe they call it a foil. It is indeed a foil. Yes. They're, uh, yeah, they have, they have like, this tremendous ego of just, like, you know, I, I planted this for him, but his diary is just whatever for me. Like, yeah. they both do have a sense of ignorance. Because even at the end, I don't think anyone wins. You know, it's kind of an everyone loses situation. Because even though ultimately... Uh, why am I blanking on on Christian Bale's character's name? Uh, Alfred. Uh, Freddie, yeah. Even though Freddie gets the drop on him, he still doesn't win because he, you know, he... I mean, this is... Here's a question. In that moment where he does get the drop on, on the great Danton, he does, and he explains his trick, that almost feels like it's more for us than for him. Yeah. It would have been a real gut punch if he just showed up and then uh, Danton died. You know, if he just showed up and was like, actually, I'm still here. And he was like, how the fuck did you do it? And then died never knowing. But I, I guess I do like that he explains to him the trick, even though it seems that that function is just to explain to us at home the yeah. trick. 
But uh, well, yeah. I, I I don't know. There is a certain part of his ego that would want him to know with his last breath. Yeah. How. Well, that's the thing. That's why I think this is a little bit Christian Bale kind of losing. Because the obsessed magician who wants to be the best wouldn't have told him. But the egotist that wants to win has to tell him. Yeah. And so it's like, so maybe it is smart that he tells him uh, in terms of a screenwriting perspective because it's showing like this is a weak moment for both of them. Yeah. This is actually the first time it clicked with me, the methodology of the cloning machine. Because it never made sense to me when he says, oh, you never know if you're going to be the guy in the tank or not. And I was like, doesn't it just zap a copy of you over there? But this time it read to me where it's like, oh, it might make a copy or it might you might be zapped to the yeah. copy. That's fucking terrifying. So do you think that the very first time... The, and that was that's what gave me away. The very first time, he did get zapped to the new guy, which is why he was like, "I'm not the," and then got shot, essentially saying, "I'm not the, I'm not the clone." That's dark shit. That's really horrifying. Again, um, uh, uh, demise by his own design. Yeah, yeah. But it, again, uh, he's the one looking for the shortcut. He wants to find the novelty trick that'll do it for him. He wants to find the device that allows him to not get his hands dirty. And ultimately, that device requires him to get his hands dirty. He's the Iron Man of Magicians. He's the Iron Man of Magicians. He doesn't want to make the sacrifice play. And then, uh, whereas Christian Bale, he never has to, you know, he never uses the gimmick. He's just got a brother. He's the Captain America. So, two questions. One, is that his twin brother or was he cloned once? That is twin brother. Two, does Cutter know about the brother? I don't think he knew until... So, I think Cutter, played by Michael Caine, Michael Caine. Uh, was on uh, Hugh Jackman's side up until the point where he was like, wait a minute, you stole the dude's daughter? That's way too far, yeah, yeah. brother. I'm sorry, I can't be a part of this anymore. I'm switching sides. Christian Bale, what are you doing? What are you yeah, up to? Yeah. I got. I'm gonna save your daughter for you. And he like needs a job. Yeah. You know, there's very much. He's just a guy who that's his. That's his craft. He makes the shit. And once, so once he realized that he was taking it too far, he. That's how Christian Bale knew where to find him. He was like, go down to the the clone cemetery. Yeah. And you'll you'll find him, and then we'll uh, we'll get your daughter out of there. And interesting. See, this time around, I started to think that Cutter knew all along. I don't think so. Because he was very adamant about, don't dig in, he has a double. Yeah. You know, and was just leaving it at that. But he also seems to always point Danton away from really, like, he seems to always point him away from really digging into it. And it almost seems like he's just trying to be like, let him preserve his trick. I would like to design a trick using a double that we find that, you know, does it better and looks better. And it almost seems like Cutter does know what, you know, what's going on with, with Christian Bale and is just like, hey, I'm a man of craft as well, and I can build this trick without you having to do all the work of what he's doing. But he is he adheres to the code of never actually reveal that secret. Yeah. Because I want to sell that trick. Like when he's in court at the beginning, he's like, I'll have a right to sell this trick if I if I see fit. Because like, he can tell me in private. That would be reasonable. I could, I could, well, good. Well, good. I could get into that, innit? Um, but I don't know. I, you know, there, 
there is something thematically strong to be said about what you're saying where he reaches a point of this has gotten too personal and I'm all business. Yeah. So now, you know, and then he finds out. That's how that's how I interpreted it this time around anyway, is that, you know, he's a man who has seen seen him come, seen him go. Uh, you know, he he sends them both to the the show where the guy has the fishbowl appear. Which we still didn't figure out how he did it. Uh, no, I think I think Hugh Jackman got it right. That's why he. Uh, that's why Michael Caine. Oh yeah, yeah. went with him and he, instead of uh, Christian Bale. But Christian Bale's the one that gave him the key to understanding that that guy's only pretending to be weak and is actually yeah. incredibly strong. And also, you know, Michael Caine's character knew where the money was going to be because he was a better. Yeah, he was he was following the greatest showman. But he's also not afraid of engaging in his own subterfuge. Like he be, he lets. Hugh Jackman believe I'm going to teach you this trick and you are going to kill this bird and then the reveal as he teaches him that trick is I just wanted to make sure you were prepared to kill the bird don't worry the machine protected the bird so there's a piece of him that is willing to go along with subterfuge in order to get an intended result and that's a really good reflection of what ends up happening because yeah. Hugh Jackman has to kill the bird every night on stage every day. he might even be the bird he might be the bird yeah and so, I don't know. It does Cutter know? Is Cutter, I don't want to say a mastermind, but Cutter, like I hardly a, know her. A pastor mind? He's, he's, a, he's like a passive mastermind where he knows everything that's going on and it says, I don't want to get involved in the personal shit, but I just am, you know, I'm, I'm the guy that I am. Um, is he the one that killed Rebecca Hall slash Ferguson? That's the other thing. Like, she, she uh, Rebecca Halgerson, uh, you know, she kills herself. Halgerson. Becky Becky Halls. I don't confuse her with Rebecca Ferguson. I don't know why I do. I think they're both tremendous actresses that I find uh, uncommonly attractive, but Rebecca Ferguson, I find... I would like, have dinner with either of them. Yeah, I would have dinner with either of them, but like, if Rebecca Ferguson wanted to snap my neck with her legs the way she does to people in the opera scene, and sign me up. I'll be the guy in the tank on that one. That is fine by me. The man in the box. Nobody cares about the man in the box. Nobody cares about the man in the box. Just the man in the mirror. Michael Jackson reference. Oh, but yeah, so I, I don't know. Maybe maybe Cutter knows, maybe he doesn't. I mean, that could also be one of those things that is a purposeful ambiguity uh, that that is just meant to let us ask that question. Or yeah, like not does the top stop spinning? Yeah. Yeah, like it's, it has been confirmed that the top will stop spinning, but like in the moment, the ambiguity where it's like it actually doesn't matter. It's just that the adventure has come to an end. Although I'll never forget in the theater at the end of Inception when it cut to credits, the whole theater did a ah! My theater, someone audibly yelled, "Fuck you!" <laughs> but like that's that's what you want, you know? Like I don't want a movie that just cleans up at the end. Like I really like that it gives you that guttural reaction. But I think yeah, I think Nolan's strength is in this kind of story because he's good at shot composition. I think that he's really good at doing. Uh, thematically strong intricate plots you know in inception it's layer upon layer upon layer which is almost like what he's practicing for with the disjointed narrative here in the prestige you know tenet he's going all around circles and it's a concentric time you know the whole setup and um which is not as hard to follow as people say it is it's really i still have no idea what the fuck happened 
Give it, give it one good watch. No. And uh, oh man, I bought that movie. I watched it like the last time, time I tried to watch Tenet, I did a bunch of MDMA, and I had that didn't help. Didn't help. I feel like it maybe didn't help me understand the what was issue going on. That is not absurd. I feel like it might be something else that was introduced into the situation. That was that was definitely the last time I'm doing MDMA. Though, by the way, yeah. was, it was a good time, but man, I'm getting old. Well, Tenet requires you to sit still. MDMA nope. creates the opposite nope. effect. Nope. Almost I was crawling out of my skin. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, but why does the protagonist have a name? I started, I went outside. <laughs> I don't know if I should even be revealing all this shit on the air. I put it on, and I was like, 20 minutes, I was like, nope. Stood up, and just started pacing in my side yard, listening to music, and just chain smoking cigarettes. That's the way to do MDMA. Yeah. If you're not going to be at a club, that's the way to go. And like, if you think you're too old for MDMA, you're going oh, to that club. And then I got really uncomfortable. Yeah, because like that was like, oh no, it's like a roller coaster. What's going to happen? And then like, oh, I feel too. Oh god, no, what's happening? Oh, okay, I'm good. Let's watch it. No, I can't handle that shit. Oh fuck! And you can't even do shots to take the edge off, like you can with shrooms, because you don't want to mix that with the MDMA. And like, I it's like I'm so truly, but like I didn't really want the truly. I wanted water. Yeah, I could not get. Water. That's what you need to do yeah. in an MDMA situation. Is is water is the way to go? Yeah, yeah. yeah I. Uh, but we digress. Yeah, we. <laughs> but I digress. That's okay. This is exactly what movie yeah. movie should be. You're doing wonderfully. Welcome to the show. The I did a bunch of MDMA before we started recording. <laughs> no, you we just had coffees. <laughs> we had giant oh, yeah. coffees. That's yeah. the key. I, uh, the whole time watching this, because Nolan frequently works with Hans Zimmer now, ever since uh, ever since uh, Batman, I thought that the music in this was Hans Zimmer, and it is not, which kind of blows my mind, because it has a Zimmery feel, but it's David Julian. It's got the shimmer of Zimmer. It's got the shimmer of Zimmer. Well, uh, Zimmer does, the thing is, I have a knowledge of Zimmer's scores, because I listen to the Man of Steel score a lot. I really think it's phenomenal. <laughs> And so he does like Dunkirk style, you know, but then he also does like the These are these are the correct music terms. Yes, yeah, and this one has the the feeling of the latter. But I thought that I thought it was on Zimmer, but David it's David Julian who did The Prestige and Insomnia, which are Nolan movies, but he also did Cabin in the Woods, The Descent. what else is on here? Like a bunch of like shitty stuff too. Descent Part Two, Eden Lake. He's like not a guy who really popped off in a major way the way like your Zimmers do. So that was fascinating that it was that it was not. You didn't have that Zimmer glimmer. Didn't have that Zimmer glimmer. Zim Zam Zam. Although the soundscape, I don't know if it was just the stream, the setup, or Nolan, but I know recently Nolan really likes to like crank the levels out. Yeah, um, to the well, we had that. It, we had to put the subtitles on. Yeah, yeah, but I think that might have just been the stream and the setup because this movie did not have that I know. effect. I gotta maybe get a soundbar or something. Dude, is, were we on your TV speaker? Yeah, that's it. Soundbar makes everything better. Yeah, because um, like we put it on for cheap. We put it on and all like like give me some music. Yeah. Dad was like, I don't know what the fuck yeah. he's saying. It's like I can figure it eventually. I it definitely like. You know, I, I stopped reading the subtitles at some point because it rectified. Yeah. But there's certain times where the levels are off. But also, shout out to Amazon though, Prime, by the way. I love how Amazon does their subtitles. You get to choose the size. Oh yeah, and the intrusiveness of the subtitle. Yeah, that's the way to go. That's they have the best. Everyone should learn from Amazon. Yeah, I, as much as I want to say fuck Amazon, they just constantly 
for lack of a better term, deliver. It really Dude, is like, yeah, well, well, they get the job done. done and it's, uh, but you, you know what is fucked up? You can't actually rent a movie from that app. I have to go onto my computer really? and hit buy and then go back to my TV. That's weird. On the, uh, Dan, on the other side of the fucking house. By the way, is this? And that, <laughs> that man has a yacht that they had to take a bridge yeah. down for, and he can't fucking have you order from the app. Come, Come on. on. Come on, Bezos. I don't want to fucking get up. Mm-mm. That's, that's Amazon's whole thing. Unless is, I'm fucking. Amazon's slogan should be Amazon. No, no, no. You stay there. Yeah, yeah. That really, because that's really their thing for Smile. almost entirely. Smile. From A to Z. That's yeah. where that goes. But don't walk from A to Z. No. Just sit, sit right there. Just sit there and smile. Unless you want to rent. This with the weird sound. The big, the worst Amazon purchase that I've made all year, the last year of my life, was renting Moonfall for twenty dollars. Oh, twenty dollars! Yeah, it was although I did go see that in IMAX or on the Dolby, so I spent like twenty dollars to see it, which was actually money well spent. I had yeah, but you saw it on a on a, on a screen that. Probably made it at least watchable. It made it fun. I wanted to die. Absolute garbage movie. I wanted yeah. to die the whole time. What did you expect? I wanted the moon to fall into me. What did you expect though? Like, what, what was your expectations, honestly, of Moonfall? I don't know. That's 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 a little bit. I wanted to watch Sam Samuel Tarly read read more House of Dragons. He made the sacrifice play. Yeah. He made the sacrifice. And now he's play. the moon. And now he, yeah, he became yeah. the moon. Spoiler alert. <laughs> he didn't. Isn't that like kind of the thing? That is exactly yeah, what happens. Like, he becomes the moon. That's, I forgot about that. I, and when people, so people, and I won't spend too much time on this, but people ask me. as much time as you like on Moonfall, man. People ask me about Moonfall when I mention it, and I'm like, first of all, I'm going to spoil it for you because it's the worst fucking movie I've ever seen in my life. Please don't watch it. But what happens at the end is that Sam Tarley turns into the moon. He becomes the moon. And they don't believe me. I will say this. And I get it. That's a pretty, pretty fucking stupid thing to say. <laughs> It's patently insane. But then again, we're in moonfall territory. Yeah. Although, the scene where they got to get to the moon and they use the gravity power of the moon falling to suck the ship yeah. towards it, that was, uh, for Stupid. lack of a better term, metal as fuck. That was dumb. Oh, it was dumb as shit, but it was metal as fuck. That, that was pretty uh, remarkable. There's nothing. Uh, it's, like, it's also like, I don't know, no, fuck, I don't want to talk about it. So anyway, the prestige. Yeah. So uh, uh, the scene where, and this is another great moment of filmmaking. For the longest time, I thought that the guy that they hired to play the great Danton's double was just another actor who kind of looked yeah. like Hugh Jackman. But it was actually Hugh Jackman playing a guy who doesn't look like Hugh Jackman exactly, but can look like Hugh Jackman when he acts. It was Hugh Hackman. Yeah, it was Hugh Jack Human. The Jack dude Hume. from the movie. Yeah. I feel like... It was, it was Logan. Yeah, it was Logan Wolverine. And he... Uh, and he oddly enough, that, that was not done on purpose. That's a tremendous bit of makeup and acting on Hugh Jackman's part. Yeah, he was great. That's really phenomenal. But it got me thinking of an anecdotal story that could be apocryphal that I heard regarding Robert De Niro. Because in this scene, the guy who is the double for uh, Great Danton is a sloppy, falling all over himself drunk. But he's such a good actor that when it comes time to perform and he's on, he's on. I like how you just said that as, and you said the whole thing about the drunk as you were burping up truly, yeah, and then as soon as you were like, and then he's on, and then he came right back. Dude, this is, this is podcasting <laughs> professionalism right here. I had to focus on the burp so I didn't have to think about how badly I have to piss right now. Oh, yeah. And, um, and uh, truly. And uh, 
there's a story that I like I said may be apocryphal, but I believe it. And it's that Robert De Niro made a bet with somebody, I can't remember who. And the bet was this. The person ordered a pint glass of vodka. And Robert De Niro had to chug the glass of vodka and then speak to a stranger and convince them that he was sober. And apparently, he pulled it off no sweat because he's Robert motherfucking De Niro. I could do that. I don't know. Because here's the thing, like, I... I don't, I don't consider myself a good actor. I, I, consider, I consider myself a professional alcoholic. That's the thing. I could hold my booze, but like I couldn't convince you if I was sober that I wasn't drunk. Because I'd be like, hey, what's going well, on? They'd be like, you must be drunk if you're doing this. I'm like, no, no, I'm just I'm talking to you, right? But the key word there being a stranger. My friends know when I'm drunk. True, true. But true. a stranger, um, I've, ha- I've had, and this is kind of alarming, I've had people come to me often after a night at the bar, and I'm hammered. Yeah, yeah. And they're, they're like, how are you so sober? And I'm like, oh, I'm not. I get the same thing. People will be like, oh, you were pretty well behaved last night. I'd be like, that's weird because I don't remember it because I was blacked the fuck out. Yep. But uh, I guess that's just, you know, that, that probably more That's Chili's, baby. That's, yeah. We came up to the trenches, man. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that's more a testament to how drunk they were relative yeah. to. But, yeah, I, I, I think Robert De Niro could do that. But watching oh, Hugh Jackman agree. play this, I think Hugh Jackman could do it. I think that this, I left yeah. when we count down our Hugh Jackmans. I left the Prestige off of my list, but I think the Prestige might actually be a career best Hugh Jackman performance. I left it off because we're talking about the Prestige. I think it might be a career best for him. I like this, like the phrase "count down our Hugh Jackmans." Yeah. Last scene is literally just a bunch of Hugh Jackmans in, down. in tubs. Oh, that is so dark. That is so dark. He's the little pigeon. So this is based on a book. I want to read this book. What's it? Is it called? Prestige? It's called the Prestige. And when I take the bus home from here, I plan to get off of the bus uh, in towards Rittenhouse because the Barnes and Noble at Rittenhouse is uh, going. It's not going out of business. It's relocating, and they're currently liquidating their stock. They're relocating to the internet. To the no, they're actually the. Barnes & Noble has a crazy story going on right now. They're actually doing better than ever. And it's because their new CEO was just like, we're not selling toys anymore. We're not selling garbage. Just books. Cozy bookstores. So all the big stores are becoming small stores. And they're opening new ones everywhere. And so I think it's a good idea. It's you know it's the same as everything where it's like oh we all have streaming and then it just became cable. Yeah. You know we had all these little cozy bookstores that got huge. Now nah, they're going back to cozy bookstores. But uh, Everyone's gotta the prestige is there. Yeah, right. The uh, the prestige is is there and it is twenty five percent off. I think I'm gonna grab a copy while they're liquidating. Is it one of those books where the the posters on the cover? It's actually I have a picture of it. It's a pretty cool uh, cover. I, I was looking it up because uh, I hate the poster. Oh, yeah, because it's just your The poster makes it look like they're battling over ScarJo. Yeah. But really, they're battling over magic. It's hard to see on the uh, on the webpage, but like you can get sort of the design. It's like one of those kinds of things. Oh, yeah. yeah. And if you swipe to the... Uh, I don't want to... Yeah, it's like that kind of thing. Like the old-timey magic poster. Which I, I noticed some of the... Uh, like the way that they did their hair and makeup looked just like one of those like illustrations that you'd see on... Like one of those, like, come, come witness the great Danton posters, you know, like the, the essentially like, you know, the stuff you'd see in The Greatest Showman. You should watch Nightmare Alley because that has the same sort of costume set. And I, I really did try to watch that, no joke. Um, I just got bored of it. 
Yeah, it's, it's a lot of movies. Bit of a slow burn. It is a slow burn, but it's got a killer ending. It's a remake of an old movie that's based on a, a killer book. Um, but, you know, it's, it's Guillermo del Toro, so you got to be on that flavor. But, yeah, you're, the, the costume design and the set design in this and the period design is, like, Yes. Yeah, you mentioned multiple times. You're like, man, that outfit is fucking nice. The jackets are all incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wore jackets back then. Coats. Yeah. All the coats are insane. We should I mean, talk a little bit about uh, Dive and Bowie and oh, yeah. uh, Andy Circus. Because oh, they yeah. kind of steal the movie despite being sort of ancillary. This might be a prequel to The Greatest Showman because it's got Hugh Jackman and it's got a circus. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. And no matter how many times he dies, he's going to come back because the show must go on. Yeah. And there's a sucker born every minute. That's who you show magic to. So that's a P.T. Barnum uh, uh, quote. Is there's yeah, a sucker yeah, born every minute. Yeah. I've never I've seen Greatest Showman, but I've listened to the soundtrack so many times. It's really the movie, great. The, you, you've unlocked the best part of the movie. That's what everyone The movie say. is rushed. The script is terrible. But the music fucking slaps. It totally slaps. Yeah. I've heard that it's one of those movies where you go, why did you do all this choreography if you're not going to shoot it? Yeah. You know, if you're just going to cut around it, what's the point? And... It's, it's it's one of those things where you're like, oh, the movie's over already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that was very far you from the greatest show on Earth. <laughs> yeah. I remember when the, the best story I have about that is Rush Hour 3. Oh, shit. Where I went to the bathroom thinking I would be okay, and yeah, I came yeah. back in the movie, the credits were rolling. I mean, I imagine And I asked my girlfriend at the time. People. <laughs> well, I asked my girlfriend at the time. I was like, what the fuck? I thought I was like, I wanted to get, and I wanted to pee before the big finale. What happened? She was like, oh, they jumped off the Eiffel Tower and the credits rolled. <laughs> I never saw three. I yeah, like, no, literally I that's how it ends. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, that's so funny. I can assure you that what happened was, was Chris Tucker was like, why don't you understand me, man? And he was like, I'm not English. And that was just like, God. That was it. Well, that, that's, that is the joke of those movies. Uncle. I, no, but uh, David Bowie. I didn't know the first time I saw this that that was David Bowie, and if I didn't know it was David Bowie, I wouldn't know it was David Bowie. Yeah, he gives a hell of a performance. He's and he got a lot of great lines. To really do some cool shit because nobody really knows what Tesla looked like except mustache. Yeah, so it's like pretty free and electric and electric. Yeah, yeah he's got all those great lines about obsession. Yeah, oh, so good. I like every time he spoke, I pretty much came. Yeah, he's. I mean, that's David Bowie. That's, I mean, that's, he made a career out of it. Bodies in space, Brett. Does that yeah. freak you out? That's <laughs> I mean, still the best. R.I.P. R.I.P. The anniversary of his death, he said, was yeah, yeah last week. That's wild. Yeah. And the tenth, I, I believe, was the tenth. I mean, I remember when it happened. That kicked off the year of just like yeah. every celebrity dying, and then Trump. Well, I thought I thought Rickman kicked it off. Rickman might have kicked it off. Yeah. Man, he would have been at home in this movie. Oh yeah, he would have definitely been at home. Yeah, but uh, Andy Circus is one of those guys who. Nobody looks like him, but there have been times where, like, actually, here's a great example. The first time I saw Black Panther, I did not know that was him. Claw? Yeah, I, I was just like, Ulysses just Claw. Guy. He's so good what a great at being name. chameleonic, um, even when he's not under, you know, people say, oh, it's CGI. He, Andy Serkis gets put under digital makeup. You know, like there is there was talks about nominating him for an Oscar for playing Caesar the Ape in the Planet of the Apes movies, and everyone's like, "Ah, oh, but it's more computer generated." The fuck it is. That's a performance. Yeah, that is a performance. But you he's think a tell that actor. to his quads? Yeah, for real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a tremendous actor, yeah. man. I I think he's like the realist of. I'd bang him. 
I, I would bang him. I let him bang me. He does. He's a New Yorker guy. He's a guy from New York, and he's just the way you know. Yeah, we did. We did wonder about the accent in the beginning, though. Well, because we couldn't tell what he was doing. Yeah, but once he said New York, we were like, yeah, it's spot on. Because he's not doing what I'm doing, which is the New Yorker. Hey, I'm walking in and real. I don't. I don't actually rightly know what Circus's nationality is. Like he's British. Is he British or is he Australian? He might be New Zealander because you know, like. <laughs> Whether you search properly or not, you did just create the best title for a movie. Andy Circus Origins. Uh, yeah, Middlesex, which is a great one. Okay, yeah, there you go. Yeah, he's a. Uh, also, how he was created. This is another one, though, that I forgot he was. Yeah, I just picked up. We just did that. Uh, I forgot he was in this movie, you know, after the first time I saw it. I, like, it's one of those where I, for, I didn't realize who it was until much later. Yeah, you also, um, before she appeared, I was like, oh, here comes ScarJo. And you were like, no, isn't that the illusionist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should talk about that, too. Um, the, um, yeah, yeah, go. Uh, uh, the best example of not realizing somebody was in a movie until much later, I remember seeing Happy Gilmore as an adult and the mean orderly being Ben Stiller shattered my universe. Because as a kid, I just thought he was like so... I, I thought he yeah. was like a Hispanic guy. And then, it, you know, I didn't see the movie for 10 years and then I had it on one day. I'm like, that's, of course, of course it's Ben Stiller. I thought you were going to be like, yeah, when I saw Happy Gilmore later on, I was like, oh my God, that's Adam Sandler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although I will say that my first exposure to Carl Weathers was Happy Gilmore. Yeah, but now he's Apollo Creed to me. Yeah, you know, and he's also Carl Weathers. You got yourself a stupid. Hey, there's a lot of meat on that bone. <laughs> That's such a good role. He's he's the man. Um, I gotta tell you the story about the Illusionist and. Um, yeah, so a little prestige. background. Those who don't remember, this pulled a Dante's Peak volcano, Armageddon deep impact. Yeah. It was Prestige the Illusionist. The period pieces about magicians movies came out at the same time. Yeah. And at this time, you were working in a movie theater. I was working at a Regal Entertainment movie theater. Oh, damn. And uh, I, I've, I saw at least three relationships fall. Because what, ha- what would happen is, um, you know, one person in the relationship going to see the movie would be like, I want to see, let's just say, this is a scenario. I want to go see The Prestige. Yeah. And the other person would have already bought tickets knowing that they wanted to go see the magic movie starring Hugh Jackman. Yeah. yeah. And they would buy the tickets to the magic movie starring Edward Norton by accident because they're like, oh. It's the illusionist. That's got to be it. What are the odds that there's two magical yeah. period pieces happen that, that take place in the seedy yep. underworld of magicians in the late 1800s? And so what are the odds? One person would be like, yeah, this, this is it. I got the tickets. Don't worry. And then they sit there for 45 minutes to an hour. And then they'll come back out to me. And one person will just have this look on their face like, I fucking told this person that I wanted to see the Hugh Jackman one. And the other person would be like, uh, we got the wrong... Uh, do you want to see the prestige instead, right? And then the person who is like incest, incensed by this would be like, yes, we did want to see the Hugh Jackman one. But this person got tickets to the Edward Norton one. Who wants to see Jessica Biel? They probably knew, too. They were like, when you buy the tickets, make sure you're getting tickets to the prestige, which is what they said. But the other person heard, like, yeah, the magic movie. Yeah. The, the period piece about underground magical culture in the late 1800s. I got it. How many could there be? Well, it turns out there could be two. I will say two out of those three relationships, it was 
uh, the uh, it was you know they, these were heterosexual yeah, yeah. Um, couples for the most part, and two of the times it was the females' fault because who gives a shit about magic except for yeah, stupid yeah. men? Well, that's the thing that a guy <laughs> would get mad about. Where's yeah. the girl? Like whatever, we're seeing a cool movie. Yeah, it's. I heard the illusionist is pretty good. We're here to spend time with each other. No, we're here to see fucking Hugh Jackman do magic tricks. This guy made Memento, yeah. bitch. Yeah. So I'm a cool film guy. And that's, that's what I want. And then the one time, I'll never forget this. This is my favorite one because the one time that it was the dude's fault, um, he got it. Like, he got uh, an earful. I mean, because uh, she was just not having it. Apparently, she had some sort of aversion toward Edward Norton. I was going to get A lot of people do. Yeah. A lot of people really do. I do not. I love it. And, like, it was really awkward for me to just, like, sit there and watch this woman just, like, berate this dude for getting the wrong movie tickets. She must have had some other shit going on because this is not the only issue that she had today. No, I mean, Edward Norton is famously salty, or at least was yeah. at that time, so maybe she had an interaction with him that wasn't so great, and yeah, well, now she's paying Kingston, New York, I doubt it. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. I, well, you, you don't know. Edward Norton, he's a, he's, a, he's a jet setter. Actually, Daniel Craig did live uh, in my area. Nice. So did Lady Gaga. Oh, nice. I love both of those people. Big Actually, they lived world. they lived in the same house at separate times. Oh yeah, that'll happen for real. Yeah, we call it the celebrity house because like at some, at some point, Willem Dafoe lived there at one point. That's incredible. Like at one one celebrity nicest dude. I met him. Oh really? Yeah. Have I not told you the story? You may have, but I think you should put it on the air for your first movie movie episode. He, this is huge, huge. News. I was breaking movie movie exclusive. Breaking news. Uh, I was doing my senior project, and it was a movie. Uh, I was ma- making a, a version of Hamlet. Yes. And uh, I had to get three interviews with people that were in the field. And me and my friends had just gotten done with a house party. We were all hungover as fuck at this diner. And I couldn't even look anybody in the eyes or talk to my friends because I was probably still drunk the before. So we're all just greasing up our bellies. And who do you want to see in that situation? And then my buddy taps me on the shoulder. He's like, hey, dude. Willem Dafoe was right behind you. <laughs> and you might think, knowing Willem Dafoe, that this is a terrifying ordeal. But no, he, he was a, having a, a production meeting with his team about nice. where they were from in our area. And they were like, you've got to go ask him. you got to ask him for one of your interviews. Even just by email, just ask him. I was like, well, I had burped at the, time, at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, <laughs> I guess it's time to presence. And then, I'm a bit of a scientist myself. <laughs> You know, I'm a bit of a filmmaker myself. I'm something of a filmmaker yeah. myself. Um, He's like, I'll do your interview. So I went up. <laughs> That's the only phrase I can do in his voice. That was so fucking good. Um, oh, God. So I went up to him and I was like, oh, Mr. DeFoe, I just want to say I'm a big fan of your work. I'll keep this short. I'm sorry. I'm working on a school project. I was wondering if I could maybe email you a few questions and if you could answer them at your leisure, that'd be great. And as he was opening his mouth to respond to me, I shook his hand. His giant mouth. <laughs> I shook his hand while I was doing this. His bony ass and, hand. Uh, it was quite bony, but I, it was amazing. Um, as he was opening his mouth to speak, um, this grease ball of an agent steps in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kicks him out of the way. I was like, hi, I'm blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, send me their questions and I'll make sure he gets back to you. I was doing his job. Never heard a goddamn word. Uh, I bet he would have done it if that guy didn't step in the way. Well, I think that my problem was that the last question... smelled like shit. <laughs> I reeked of booze. I was a complete mess when I talked to him. <laughs> I reeked of whiskey and potatoes. He's like, no, get this Irish fuck out of here. 
That's all um, that he was kind, though. He was kind, uh, but I think that I might have fucked it up because in my questions that I sent by email, the last question was, "Will you marry me?" I was like, "I was like, uh, I just, just, I wanted to ask, why did you speed to?" And because uh, it rocks, it's so stupid. <laughs> I don't think. I think that's why I didn't get a response. I was getting. I was trying to do some investigative, investigative. Uh, when I interviewed Michael Rooker... What am I trying to say? Investigative journalism. Yeah. When I interviewed Michael Rooker, I didn't have any questions. And so I was like, so why didn't you do Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer 2? And he looked at me and goes, you know what? Script wasn't there, man. I was like, that's the best answer that I could have possibly gotten from, from the room. Awesome. He was very nice. Very nice. Cool dude. I also interviewed the Green Ranger seconds later. RIP. He was also crazy nice. But what are you going to do? But uh, any closing thoughts on the Prestige before we take a quick break and then count down our uh, our Hugh Jackmans? Because I got to pee so bad. None. Yeah, I, this is a great movie. I, uh, we we did it all. We did the we did the pledge. We did the turn. Let's get to the Prestige. Um, but the Prestige is the Hugh Jackmans. Yeah, that's the Prestige. We got we got to number our Hugh Jackmans. We got to number our Hugh Jackmans because the only way I know how to do the transport man is to get out there and get yourself a bloody double. I love the way he says double. Do you want to hit us with the Michael Caine? Yours is better than mine. No. Come on. You have to wait for the prestige. Okay, fair enough. All right, All right let's do we take a quick we'll, break. We'll be right back. We'll be our after this ad. I just sent. We're back. We're back on. We're back on. I was sending Jenna pictures of. BB sitting on her butt because it's oh, so yeah. cute. It's so fucking cute. All right, so we are back, and um, in honor of the multiple boxed Jack Jack humans at the end of the Prestige, we are going to be doing. We're going to be putting Hugh Jackman in a box ourselves. We're going to look at Hugh Jackman counting Hugh down Jackson. some of. Uh, you know what? That yeah, we'll count down our favorites. Do you have any? Uh, do you have any uh, – are you going to put them in order and try to rank no. them? No. All right. I think I have – I'm going to cut – Let's talk about the one that we know is going to overlap. Well, I'm, I actually have mine in order. So even if yours are not in order, okay. I, uh, I'm cutting the prestige off of the list because, like I said, I think that's his career best. He does some huge acting. He does some huge acting. But I have five of my favorites that I think really capture what I love about the Hue. All right. So my number five is Chappie. Oh, I love Chappie. You know what? I caught so much shit for loving Chappie when it first came out. Everyone's like, man, you think it's shitty Robocop. I think Chappie is Neil Blomkamp's like, finest hour. And I love District 9. District 9 is definitely the best one. Chappie to me has because you have mulleted Hugh Jackman as the bad guy who's like this down under badass kind of guy, but you also have uh, Green Green Knight. What is his name? Why am I blinking? Dev Patel. Dev Patel, who is just like one of my favorite actors. I think a king hunk of hunks, and he plays. He did such, get ripped. Yeah, and I think I mean he's always been a hunky guy, but he's such, he's a tremendous actor. And I think that in Chappie was like the first time that he really popped off where I was like, oh, he's not just that kid from uh, uh, Slumdog. He like he does like a nerd character that is very uh, uh, endearing, but it all works because 
of the fact that Hugh Jackman plays like a real fuck in that movie. Yeah. But he's a fuck that has all of the stereotypes of being your your dickhead bad guy, but I think he's so very well motivated. Like it's a character that could succeed existing entirely on tropes, but has an uncommon amount of depth for that kind of character. Yeah. And I would say that credit to the script, but a lot of credit to Hugh Jackman. So Chappie. 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 Lock it in. Lock, Lock, Lock it in. in. What do you got? What would you put at five? Prisoners. Prisoners. Uh, no, I'm, I'm in no particular order. Okay. I'm just listing. Prisoners is... Prisoners fucks. Prisoners is my number one on this list. Prisoners is so fucking good. He's terrifying in that movie. And you got Gyllenhaal, and, and you got Dano. But he starts out, the way they do it, it's like, oh, he's a good he's a good dad. Yeah. And that's that's why he's being so evil now. And then he yeah. fucking boils Paul Dano to a pulp. Well, I like that he really sells the idea that it goes from... I'm sad to it's my duty to do this to I'm actually getting off on this and how am I any yeah. different from whoever the person I think Paul Dano to be. Yeah. And then he gets do you think he gets saved at the end? Honestly to tell you the truth I don't remember the specifics it's been a few years since I've seen it so I don't really remember how it ends. So he gets trapped Bruce is buried alive. Yes. And Jake Gyllenhaal like barely hears the whistle. Yeah. Like, the last shot is like Jake Gyllenhaal's turning. I think, if I remember correctly, the read that I got from it was that he probably could be saved, but at that point, Gyllenhaal's not particularly particularly interested in investigating further. The one thing I, but don't, I don't remember. It's the one thing I don't like about that movie is that Jake Gyllenhaal's character's name was Detective Loki. Yeah. <laughs> and that really that really brought me out of the moment. That's the only complaint I have about that film. Yeah. Otherwise, it's perfect. I would like to watch that again. That might be Vil- uh, Penis Villanova's finest hour, uh, Denis Villeneuve. Um, yeah. But that would have been number one on my list was Prisoners because add it to, he's terrifying. I'll add it to my letterboxd, which you can follow at um, I believe it, hot, prop hot, underscore. hot Prop underscore Steven. I noticed you didn't follow me back. I only I'm still learning how to use the platform. It's like Goodreads, but for movies. Okay. You just log the movies that you watch. Uh, it's a diary. Dan, you know I don't read books. Yeah, man. but you follow... You're reading a book. <laughs> you know, you're <laughs> reading a book. This year I'm going to finish it. Um, all right. You, what's, what's your number four? Uh, bad Education. I was literally just reading that. Have you seen this? No, it's I have Is it good? It is... Um, it's like it's an HBO. a dark comedy. It's HBO. It's got... Um, Janny. Uh, Allison Janney, yeah. yeah, and it is basically just like a uh, public school embezzlement scheme that has Hugh Jackman at the center. But it's another one of those things where he plays a guy with the best intentions, corrupted by the success of those intentions, and starts doing increasingly uh, uh, unethical things that start to bring the, the heat. But it's one of those movies that is... It's very dramatically sound, but it never stops being like kind of dryly funny. It's a little bit Coensy in that respect, without being as like whip smart, somewhere lived in and, and less heightened, a little less Coensy, Bonesy, little Coensy Bonesy. You know what I mean? They're like yeah. the way the Coen, Coen Brothers movies are. But it's another one that lives and dies by the performances, and the one-two punch of him and Janny is like their their interplay is fantastic, and he's great in it because he plays a guy that you go. Man, I, I would follow what you say to do as well because you are a handsome, uh, 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 charismatic guy yeah. who seems to have good intentions. But, as we know, power corrupts. I think that 
if you were to take Bird after reading and replace uh, George Clooney with Hugh Jackman, it'd be still be it would work. Yeah. But the Coens are, I always say this about Burn After, like every Coens movie that's a drama, tweak it a little and you can make a comedy out of it. Yeah. Every comedy, tweak it a little and it's a thriller. Because like, Burn After Reading is just a series of misunderstandings. That could be No Country for Old Men. Yeah. No Country for Old Men, tweak that a little bit. That movie could be real hilarious. You know, it's it's just a, it's a modality. The Big Lebowski could yeah. easily become a drama. Easily become a drama. And yeah, all of their movies are interchangeable like that. Raising Arizona could be a thriller. Luckily for us, it's like the funniest movie ever made. Oh, Barreau. More than anything. More than anybody. It's on my shame list. You would love Raising Arizona. If you saw my shame list, oh man, you'd be incensed. No film enthusiast can judge anyone's shame list because we all have one. We all have one. Godfather's always higher. embarrassing. Dude. I just rewatched all the Godfathers. Every time I try to watch the Godfather, I fall asleep. Godfather's a commitment, but there's a reason why people say it's the best movie ever made because it, it like it probably is. Uh, my next pick is going to be. This is a bit of a. Now all of the X Men movies I'm separating because, like we talked about earlier, Hugh Jackman surprisingly doesn't have his very shallow pool. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna go ahead and say uh, X Three. Okay. Um, that's a is bold one choice. of my favorite Hugh Jackman performances. X two is kind of the first. That's like the Jackman heavy one. Yeah, but this one at the end when he has to go fucking kill Jean Grey. Oh yeah, he's walking up and like bits of his body are fucking getting ripped off. Fucking badass. And he has I'm gonna stab for three. I love three. with all yeah with all fuck Ben Foster as a young angel. Yeah, Ben Foster is one of the best to ever. Do it. Um, but when he has a WTF as of last week, I can't wait to listen to it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Mark Maron is actually right next door. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> Sorry, I had to cough. Um, anyway, uh, when he has to, like, walk up and stab the only person he ever loved. Yeah. I always loved their whole will-they-won't-they they sort of yeah. thing in those movies. And they never did because oh, that was a rough year for uh, my boy James Marsden. I mean, Marsden's always getting Because Marsden got murdered in X3. Yep. Superman stole his girl. Yep. And then he was a racist in Hairspray. Yep. He gets he gets left at the altar quite a bit. Yeah. Although I will say, uh, one of my all-time favorite movies, which I would say is <coughs> Diaz's best performance, The Box. James Marsden gives a performance in that movie that I would say is worthy of Oscars. But he's James Marsden. It's just the way it is. Yeah, X3 is in there. Um, but I mean, would you... Is there another X-Men role that you have on your list? At my what, number two, go, I had... Go in your, go in your order. Okay, uh, so the next one I have is Reminiscence. Never saw it. Uh, I think you would like it. Reminiscence is a movie. That's another that HBO special, right? Not an H- I saw it in the theater, but it has a connection to Chris Nolan in that it is written and directed by, I believe her name's Lisa Joy. Lisa Joy is married to Jonathan Nolan, and they were uh, showrunners for Westworld, but Jonathan Nolan uh, adapted The Prestige. He wrote Memento. He wrote a lot of the things that Nolan did. His hands are usually on it. Um, I think it's his brother. And so, is that her name, Lisa Joy? Is that, am I getting I that correct? Know. I thought you were looking at us. I'm just looking at... This screen is blank. Okay. <laughs> and so, Reminiscence is actually a really cool movie. What it's about, and it has Rebecca Ferguson. Oh, fuck and, um, yeah. It's, a, it's like a, it's a modern noir movie. I want to get her name right. Lisa Joy. Um, it's a modern noir movie where he plays a guy who traffics in nostalgia as a drug. 
meaning he plugs you into this machine and people pay a premium for that yeah well and it's sort of commenting on that but the idea is he can walk them through their memories and the way that it works is you put them in this machine that activates their brain and gets the memories but you need a guide and so he gets to see people's memories and walk them and walk them through it as like a narrator and so it's a really good use of him as like 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 him as a character but also him as a plot device but in walking through memories, there's a murder plot. There's the the femme fatale is Rebecca Ferguson. So uh, it's just it's a it's a really great mix of him, like I said, as being a character as well as a plot device, which I think he handles well. And it's just like I think it's a really killer movie that not a lot of people have seen. So I wanted to shout it out. But he's exceptional in it. It's got Tandy Newton in it. Tandy uh, Newton. Tandy Wade Newton. Apologies. And uh, it has Cliff Curtis. Do you know Cliff Curtis? I love Cliff Curtis. Okay, well, there's a knockdown drag-out fist fight between Hugh Jackman and Cliff Curtis that is for the ages. And it's a killer movie. And I, Cliff Curtis is one of those dudes that, like, it pisses me off that he's not a leading man because yeah. he's that fucking good. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there's forces in this world that prevent certain people. He was great in uh, Live Free or Die Hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he actually really was. You know who else was great in that movie? Timothy Oliphant. Han. From the Fast Family. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, he actually isn't, like, particularly notable. He's just in it. Um, what number I'm at? Three? That was my three, and we already did my one because Prisoners would have been my Well, I'm just going to name one. I'm going to name two more. Okay. I'll just rattle them off because I think yours is – I'm going to name number two right now. Yeah. It's Logan. It is. Yeah. 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 Logan I mean, is awesome. It's awesome. I mean, there's nothing to say. It's Wolverine. It is old man. It is kicking ass. It's one of the best superhero movies ever made. I would say so. Yeah. With that um, when I was, so I went to go. I you went don't to even go need the rest. All that stuff informs it, but it stands alone. I went to go see Logan with Connor, friend of the podcast. Shout out Connor. Um, and it was when I was still dating my ex, and we were having a boys' night. We're like, let's go see Logan, fuck some dudes up. Yeah. And on the poster, cried together. We did cry a little bit, yeah. On the poster, though, it's it's Hugh Jackman as Logan, and the the little girl who plays Weapon X. Um, she's she's still acting. Yeah, I'll get her name while you stuff. talk. But it's funny because um, we got back to my house to have a few beers afterwards, and my ex said probably the dumbest thing in the world, which was, "So Logan was a little girl, right?" <laughs> no, I'm like uh, Daphne Keen was her name. Daphne Keen. Uh, I was like, I don't want to like make a scene here but Hugh Jackman made a career but being low get out <laughs> get out um, the only reason we know Hugh Jackman and who he is outside of Australia is because of this role because yeah this is yeah. this is the role that didn't go to Gary Sinise and instead went to him and gave him a you know, no it went, didn't go to the guy from uh, Mission Impossible 2 we talked about it. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just, Gary Sinise was what everyone was saying and then it just didn't no, he was too busy. He was too busy rocking around the world. Yeah. <laughs> That's a reference to our other show, Hot Property. Hot Property. Hot Property I had a similar thing. If you want to learn about how Gary Sinise plays guitar. When I was 18, I dated a girl, and we watched Unbreakable. And afterwards, she was like, that's so crazy that that's based on a true story. And I was like, it's not. And I can't believe that you would think that it was because there's superpowers. Yeah. So uh, I don't know what to tell you. She's like, oh, I think I just got it confused with the fact that it was shot in Philly. I was like, that's a strange leap. But um, it's good that we're going to break it. That is strange leap. You should take one. Yeah. <laughs> this is a, yeah, I think Logan is phenomenal. 
I think Logan does a really clever meta thing where it lightly suggests that the X-Men movies all up until that point were actually just adaptations of comic books that exist in the Logan world. Yeah. That's a pretty bold swing. Um, I like that it has Stephen Merchant. I like that it really yeah. brings in Patrick Stewart as a, a like uses his age to and the advantage of the uh, and Hugh Jackman plays Evil Wolverine too. Yeah, they yeah. fucking beat the shit out of each other. Oh, when he when he accidentally gets that whole fucking family killed. That's just yeah. real. I didn't, think they, I didn't think they had the balls to go there. That's they the did. thing. That movie has balls. Yeah. And, you know, like, the one thing I do I do appreciate when people are pissed that, that Logan is coming back because, like, as far as, like, a definitive death to an iconic interpretation of a character, that is it. Yeah. You know, but nothing sacred and whatever. But I will say the cool thing about Logan is it clarified for me one of the coolest things that an actor can do. And that is, Wolverine was a very different character before Hugh Jackman got it. He was a little guy, you know, kind of like a, you know, he was gruff and had that bad attitude and all that. But now in the comic books, Wolverine is based on Hugh Jackman's interpretation. He redefined it so much that when we think Wolverine before Hugh Jackman, we thought the Saturday morning cartoon. Now when we think Wolverine, no matter what iteration... Hugh Jackman is the standard by which we judge it. Same thing happened with um, RDJ. Nobody gave a fuck about Tony Stark. Same thing happened with um, uh, Nick Fury. He was a white guy. David Hasselhoff. David Hasselhoff, yeah. But now he is Sam Jackson, and you cannot pry that image out of anyone's brain forever, and rightly so. And like Logan, Hemsworth might be on the same. I mean, yeah. No, Hemsworth kind of. uh, well, he, he redefined Thor, but when they first put him in that body, he was he became he became Thor. You know, and for other reasons, I think, you know, Chadwick Boseman, you know, I mean, the MCU now sort of has that. Like, Chadwick Boseman was a great Thor. Yeah, he was a great <laughs> Thor. Uh, Black <laughs> Thor. He, uh, he, uh, like Blackula, but it's Thor. Okay, all right, <laughs> keep going. And, um, remember Blackula? Great shit. And um, you would love Blackula. It's a great movie. All right. Um, Have you ever seen it? No. It's a great movie. Like, it's a legit great movie. Um, and, uh, but yeah, like, like, the fact that, like, you know, it, it's no longer Hugh Jackman playing Logan. It is all Logans are Hugh Jackman, and we will have to we will have to build from there if we ever want to change the character again. Even Batman can't claim that. We get a different Batman every time. But the fact of the matter is, as much as you go, ah, they killed Logan, and now he's going to be back, that's kind of lame. It's like, do you want to recast him? Because I sure the fuck don't. So, you know, you just got to pick one. Um, the number one role, obviously, is a great show. I gotta see it. I can't speak on it, but please. I've, I've said a lot to say. No, why do you why do you love his his performance in it so much? I don't know. It's it's one of those intangibles. When I see him in that fucking circus coat, I just get really horny. I mean, hey, yeah. You know what? That's all you needed to say. That's, yeah, that's it. That's all you needed to say. He's when he opens his mouth and starts singing, "Come alive, come alive," I'm like, "Fuck me!" It's so good. His Jesus voice is like it's like butter. Oh, it's amazing. Did you see that clip of him online where he ran into one of his former students? Yeah. yeah. No. What? So there's a clip on a red carpet where an interviewer is talking to Hugh Jackman, and Hugh Jackman used to teach gym. And Hugh Jackman oh, right. and he's like, you know, Michael McCormick, I see you haven't really been keeping up with your physical fitness. And the guy's like, you remember me? And he's like, of course I remember you. That's awesome. And like, it spoke to the idea that A, he's a charming guy, and B, he was an attentive teacher. Yeah. And I think that says everything. 
And like Tom Cruise has the same kind of legend oh, about yeah. him, where like he'll re- if you meet him once, he'll remember everything, everything about you. There's like camera people that were like, oh yeah, he guest starred on this show, and he asked me about my kids 35 years later. Yeah, which is like, oh, he's attentive, and he's a fucking psychopath. He is a psychopath, but we love him for it. I keep dropping my phone. Well, that's where my notes that's, are. I think that's a good sign to uh, hit the wrap up. I think that's it, Stephen. Welcome to the show. It's terrible. terrible. I hate this. What are you talking about? You did I'm a just wonderful <laughs> episode. Uh, so, uh, once again, uh, welcome Stephen from Hot Property at Hot Property Pod to the show. Uh, he is now one half of I Like to Movie Movie, which can be found at Movie Movie Cast on all things. So, uh, please subscribe, please share with your friends, and please tune in every other week because we are back to a bi weekly format. So uh, we're going to be covering some cool stuff. I'm going to educate Steven in some uh, crazy, weird cinema. He's going to educate me in how to appreciate not crazy, weird cinema better. I'm and already scared. And we're going to meet in the middle, and we're going to cover blockbusters. We're going to cover Netflixes. We're going to cover Netflixes. Uh, we might even do a couple series. And also stay tuned because sometime, hopefully with by summer, I'm going to be launching the Twin Speaks Patreon so uh that is just uh that's something that i'll have more details on later but uh it's gonna be very very cool um follow my letterboxed hot prop underscore steven with a ph uh to follow up with uh follow along with these movie movie antics um i'll have a watch list going when i think of a movie i'm just gonna add it to it and we'll pick we'll do it we'll just keep picking from that pool um or if Dan has wants to show me a scary movie that I want to watch, I'll watch that one too. Yeah, we'll do some weird stuff. We'll do some mainstream stuff. We're going to have some fun. The whole idea is that we love movies, and we're just going to have a lot of fun with them. And if there's a movie you want us to cover, just reach out, uh, moviemoviecast at gmail.com. And um, even if it's something that was covered before in the past, uh, opinions change. Our lineup has changed. I'm completely willing to cover stuff again. And also, as one of the fans of the show, Cozy Rye knows, if you want to be on the show, come be on the show. I'm happy to have you. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much that. The only thing that hasn't been clarified yet is... Is the butter. Is the, uh, sorry, BB's licking my hand. Hi, Kiki. Um, we used to do a sign-off. But that was the sign-off that Garrett and I did. And now that Garrett has moved to different pastures... Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, I want to do a different sign. He went, he went up to live in a farm in upstate. Yeah, he, he's living in a farm. We had, we had him killed. Uh, no, uh, no. Shout out, Gary. What's up, buddy? And, um, I, I, I don't know if we have, I, I don't have any ideas for a sign out. Do you have any ideas? Or no, I, just, I'm, uh, I'm on the spot right now. I don't actually want to refresh it. But you know what we should do? The, we, for the movie, movie sign out should be, and that's movie, movie. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Ready? And that's movie, movie. Bye. In the creepiest way possible. Yeah, that's what we do with creeps.